to everyone this evening. And uh, if you're a guest this evening, we are thrilled to have you in service with us on this Thursday evening. Those that are watching us online, we welcome you as a part of this service as well. Amen. I, uh, most of you know, I guess Saturday will be three weeks ago that I uh, cut my hand on a table saw and ended up with seven stitches and um, so lots of, lots of fun. But as is the case, I think with everything we go through, God desires us to learn some things. Yes, I have learned how to better use a table saw, so I, I did learn that. Not that I have used it yet, but I do intend to use it again, much to my wife's dismay, I think, at this point. But uh, never, nevertheless. Um, but over the last couple of days, probably the last week or so, I, I felt like the Lord just kind of was showing me something. And I, I, w- I want to share that again for a couple of moments in hopes of maybe helping somebody here for a few minutes. Let, let me remind you, there is a... There is, there is a difference between a healing and a miracle. And, and, and uh, one of the differences, one of the differences between the two is a miracle is, is, is oftentimes more so instantaneous. It happens. It's done. A healing is what takes place over a process of time. And, and I think sometimes when it comes to physical healings, we often lose physical healings because it didn't happen immediately and we start questioning and doubting and we don't keep our faith engaged in the process. And, and I, I think when it comes to our, our, our emotional, spiritual, inner healing, that's the word that's usually used, healing, inner healing. Not inner miracle, inner healing, and and something that uh, I, I I that is just sort of I don't know a new perspective. I think a lot of us oftentimes, even more than physical healings, when it comes to what God is trying to do in our hearts and our spirits and our minds, we have a tendency to not let that process be completed. And, and here's, uh, here's what I mean by that. Pardon me, my shoe is loose and bothering me. I need to start doing double knots for church. <laughs> I, I, I was, I, the other day I was in a conversation, and this is kind of when all of this sort of started, but I got the, I got the stitches out a week, uh, last, a week ago, Tuesday. And... Uh, Obviously, it is in a lot better condition today than it was three weeks ago. But I am nowhere near ready to resume normal activities. I tried Sunday night to throw some cornhole bags. I was pretty sure I'd be able to, and I couldn't. It was bothering me. And since I don't do anything like that just for fun, <laughs> there's other ways to fellowship if all I'm going to do is fellowship. Kevin Breckenridge was trying to get me to throw left-handed, and uh, I tried that, and because I didn't feel that there was much hope in that, either I, I, I declined. I uh, actually tried Monday to do a little bit of uh, work, around the house and see it it doesn't hurt like it did three weeks ago it's not bleeding anymore in fact i haven't really used it. i'm only, i only wear a bandage on it when i get in crowds like this to remind me and remind others <laughs> but it is it is healing properly but it's not ready for 100% normal use. Right, right. I, have, I have worked over the last three weeks to protect it. I have worked to take care of it. I have worked to baby it. I have worked to not use it. 
And being a right-handed person, that is not the easiest thing to do. The first couple of times I tried to brush my teeth with my left hand, I had to shake my whole body because I could not get the motion down with just my arms. So I was getting the whole, and it worked. I will tell you over the last several days, I reached the point that it was mainly just my arm moving. (laughs) But I think sometimes God begins a work of healing inside of us, and we expect everything to be normal. We expect to automatically take on the world. Because there was healing, there was stitches. And it doesn't happen like that. God uses the natural to demonstrate spiritual principles. And I've wondered the last several days now, I wonder how many times that God has done something inside of us, but we haven't worked to guard that as the healing process completes. I fully expect in the next several weeks... Really, I'm kind of hoping days, but I know better. I'm hoping in the next several weeks, I have confidence I will be able to resume normal function. I won't be going to try to do something and worrying, am I going to rip the incision open again? But there's, a, there's been a space of time where that was necessary for me to guard it. I got a feeling there may be even somebody here this evening that there's some things that God has done for you on the inside of you. But because you attempted to simply resume normalcy, you actually went backwards in the process. Anybody ever had surgery on like some kind of a, um, a, a joint and, and you ended up having to do therapy? Yeah. Part of the reason you go to the therapist is they know the degree to which to push it. They also know sometimes you got to push it way more than you want to push it. <laughs> but they also they have an idea on what's too much. I think if we allow the spirit to help guide us, he can be our therapist if you will. But we don't need to miss what has happened, what God is doing, because you're not to a point of operating and functioning at 100% capacity. Seeing a whole lot of Blake stares, and I'm thinking, I should have kept my thumb to myself. <laughs> uh, let's, go to, let's go to the next point here, because... <laughs> You, you, you. I, I, I. Again, you've all been through your own set of stuff, but I, I, I there is there over the last couple of weeks. There's now a natural huh, pulling away from things because subconsciously I remember some pain. <laughs> Every now and then I, I'll, I touch on it a little bit. Although right before service I bumped it on something and I remembered it still. <laughs> Still pretty tender. But I didn't I didn't go back to patient first right before service when I bumped it and felt some pain. I didn't go all the way back to the beginning and start the process over. Can I tell somebody tonight if there's some stuff that's bumping you and there's still some tenderness, that doesn't mean you got to go all the way back to the beginning and start from the beginning. Don't miss the healing that God has been doing just because you don't have complete normal function yet. And again, the challenge is if we're not careful and... and Brother Isaac and I were talking some today, and I was sharing with this, this with him a little bit today, and he said, well, I wonder what some of the practical application of that is, and um, I don't really know. I don't have all those answers yet. But you know what? There's, there's not really anything I have to specifically do. I, I don't have to sit every day and, and, and focus all of my mental powers on my thumb. Heal, heal. 
heal. You got to heal. You got you to get... I don't have to do that. If I will simply do the things that I need to do in protecting it, healing is the process that is taking place. If you put yourself in the right position with God, healing is the process that will take place. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not here tonight to, to imply to you or to encourage you to become self-centered and selfish. But I am encouraging you that when you know God's doing some things on the inside of you, to recognize there may be some time that needs to go by during which time you work on guarding and protecting what is happening. Not lose faith because it's not 100% better. I, I personally believe that the majority of what God does in our lives is a healing and not a miracle. I personally think most of the time God heals us versus a miracle that takes place in a moment. And I think part of that is because there's some things that happen in the process of healing that God is trying to bring about in our lives. And a, and a momentary miracle would not allow us to go through some things we need to go through so that God can develop some things in us in the process. Praise God. Amen. So that's, that's that. Why don't you stand for a moment for a, a, a bit of a, I guess, a reset here. I'll read a couple of verses to you and then we'll, we'll continue on. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Amplified Bible, So then, let us apostles be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Easy to read version. You should think of us as servants of Christ, the ones God has trusted to do the work of making known His secret truths. Those who are trusted with such an important work must show that they are worthy of of that trust. And lastly, the living Bible. So Apollos and I should be looked upon as Christ's servants who district, who district, it's not a very hard word and it's just not coming out. Who did, <laughs> come on, somebody help me. Quit, say it for me. Oh, y'all don't have it up there. No wonder you're not saying it. <laughs> I forgot. D-I-S-T-R-I-B-U-T-E, distribute. My goodness. Maybe my tongue is healing too, not just my thumb. <laughs> God's blessings by explaining God's secrets. Now the most important thing, now the most important thing, the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to. Not that he, not that he does only what his master, but he does what his master tells him to do. I want to I want to talk to you for a little bit this evening on this subject, the in between. The in between. God, thank you for the privilege of being here tonight, being in your presence. Thank you for the work that you are doing. Help us God to continue to make ourselves available and yielded to you to continue your work in us and through us, both individually but collectively as a body as well. Speak to us tonight, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 
God bless you. You may be seated. I uh, I forgot to write down the author's name, but I book I read recently. I this is something I highlighted. Stewardship precedes leadership. Stewardship precedes leadership. Biblically, stewardship is about faithfully protecting and preserving what is most important. About growing and developing the potential of everything and everyone under one's care. It is about faithfully discharging the duties and carrying out the responsibilities that we have been authorized to do. Stewardship precedes leadership. What is it that the scripture says we are going to hear from the Lord when we begin eternity? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Quickly, the word steward and the word faithful in the Greek means this. The word steward is a house distributor, i.e. a manager or overseer. It is an employee in that capacity, by extension, a fiscal agent, figuratively a preacher of the gospel. And I remind you that a preacher of the gospel is not an office to fulfill. We all have been commissioned to preach the gospel. Preaching is not limited to a podium, to a church service. Go, preach. So a steward is a preacher of the gospel. The word faithful means trusty or faithful. It is used of persons who show themselves faithful in the transaction of business, the execution of commands, or the discharge of official duties. If, if we are not careful, we can become spiritual junkies and live from spiritual high to spiritual high. Now, I, I'm probably going to say a few things. I'm about to say one of them, and there may be a couple other. I end up saying that, that uh, I, 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 I hesitate to say them because I... I feel like they could sound somewhat defensive, and that's not the way I'm intending them to come across. I don't mean them that way. But let me just let me give you a little let me give you a little example of part of what I mean by becoming spiritual junkies. I don't know exactly. I I can't remember what the numbers were the last couple of Thursday nights that Brother Hurt was with us, but I can tell you right now it was more than what's here tonight. And it's definitely more than what was here last weekend, even though last weekend or last week, even though it was a holiday week. We were we had been we had been averaging on Sunday mornings around 170, give or take a few people. The last Sunday Brother Hurt was here that Sunday morning, we had 195 people. Now don't get me wrong, because I've said and I still believe absolutely God was, is, and will continue doing things. But we're not here to satisfy those that the, the level of their desire is. They're just looking for the next spiritually sensational thing. Because God is looking for those that are willing to be faithful. That it's not about being on top of the mountain. It's about the whole process. You climb Mount Everest, it can be a several month process that can cost you anywhere up to fifty to sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> there's a there's a, some of you here have climbed it. There's a mountain in uh, Shenandoah National Park called Old Rag Mountain. Years ago, back in probably back in the seventies, was one of the first times on one of the church camping trips. A uh, group of guys climbed Old Rag Mountain. Years later, I think I was in my teens, we took some guys down there. And then a couple of years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe longer time, 
Several of us, it was a weekend of a ladies' uh, retreat, and several of us uh, loaded up in a van and went down and climbed. You can drive down there in the morning, climb it in a day, you're back down. <laughs> you don't spur the moment decide we're going to go climb Mount Everest. <laughs> it is a literally months-long process. And you know what? I can't spend a been a couple of years i i used this in a message years ago and i can't remember the exact numbers but but the amount of time spent on the peak of everest is usually 30 to 45 minutes max that's the max you spend months and months tens of thousands of dollars to get up to a peak where you get a view take a few pictures and you got to start heading back down unfortunately i think too many times in our walk with god and in ministry we try to live at the peak we try to stay at the peak as long as we can the peak is not where you're supposed to live the peak is not supposed where you're supposed to abide. Yeah, the beauty of the peak is you climb to get up there and now there's a reward. But part of what's supposed to happen when you get to the peak of the experience is you now can see further over the horizon and go, you know what? I'm glad for what I've got here. I'm glad for this experience, but I now see there's more. Jesus Ministry, not his life, but his ministry ministry spanned about three years. Three years. A little over a thousand days. I know, I know that John says, in fact, I think it's the very last verse of the book of John makes reference to the fact that not everything Jesus did and said is recorded in the Gospels. I know that. I get that. But, but you know what? I also don't think, and because of some things I read in the Gospels, I don't think that Jesus was going from miracle to 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 miracle. There was some in-between times. There's about, I think it's, depending how you count them or how you classify them, there's somewhere around 40 miracles in Jesus' ministry. That's anything from physical healings to the multiplying of, of, of fish to walking on water and, and other things. Somewhere around 40. I feel like when we read the Gospels, and I'm going to come to this in a minute, but I, I feel like when we read the book of Acts, if we're not careful, we can subconsciously begin to think that every single day, every single moment of the day, that all these things were happening. And I don't think that's the case. Come on. Come on. See, everybody is good when, 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 when all the stuff is happening. But a steward is found faithful. A steward is, you see, the, the crowd, Jesus, Jesus had several different groups that we find throughout the Gospels. And, 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 and we find groups like the multitude. We, we find groups like the disciples. And then within the disciples, there was another core group of people. And, and there were crowds. And, 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 and there, was, there was several different, I think, other categories you could, you could use as well. The multitudes, man, they showed up when he's multiplying fish. They showed up when, 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 the, when he's got some great things to say. But the difference between the multitude, the, the, the person in the multitude, and the disciples was the multitude came for a momentary experience. What is he going to do? What is he going to say today? And maybe I can get something out of what he does or says. Kind of interesting. Does anybody know of one single incident where a disciple was healed? Who's the people that were always getting healed? The crowds, the multitudes, 
Jesus is walking down a street, a blind man's crying out. The disciples weren't in it for the hype. Weren't in it for the sensation. They weren't in it as, hey, I'll, I'll be there if there's a chance. Uh, this is another one of those things I was referring to a few moments ago. I'll be there if there's a chance. I'm going to get prophesied to. But you know what? If we go back to that just normal walking stuff, if we go back to the routine, I, I don't know if I'm going to stick around. It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful, consistent. I, I, I've, I've referenced him a number of times in the last couple of years. One of the first, in fact, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was the first or one, it was one of the first Thursday nights that we were streaming from home. But I think one of the greatest unsung heroes of the Bible is Enoch. You want to talk about being faithful? You want to talk about an example of faithfulness? Enoch. He just walked. Consistently walked with God. The book of Acts, kind of similar to, to the three years of Jesus' ministry, except the book of Acts covers about 30 years, approximately 30 years. Let me just let me give you a couple of examples of, of, of some things that happened throughout the book of Acts. Peter heals a lame man, Ananias and Sapphira struck dead. Apostles perform many wonders. Peter and John, um, or Peter heals uh, Aeneas of palsy. Peter raises Tabitha. Uh, Peter delivered out of prison by an angel. God smites Herod so that he dies. Elamus the sorcerer, smitten with blindness. Paul converted. Paul heals a cripple. Paul casts out a spirit of divination. Paul and Silas's prison door is opened by an earthquake. Paul communicates the Holy Spirit. Paul heals multitudes. Paul restores Eutychus to life. Paul shakes off a viper. Paul heals the father of Publius and others. There's a name I wouldn't want to have. Wow. Man, that's a great list, isn't it? Wow. That covers 30 years. That covers 30 years. I believe the same thing about the book of Acts that John said about Jesus. Am I saying, do I believe that every miracle that happened during the book of Acts is recorded there? No, I don't. I'm pretty sure there was more. Is every event, is every detail of what the apostles did and said recorded in the book of Acts? No, it's not. But I've come to challenge us this evening, and especially what, what is, is more so a part of the core of this congregation. God is looking at what do we do in between. It's one thing to show up for a great service. It's one thing to show up for a great move of God. But what happens in between? And I, I, I propose to you tonight that in the book of Acts, there was a lot of in-between times. We read it and, you know, you can, you can read the book of Acts, you can read the book of Acts in a couple of hours. And you read that in a couple of hours, if you're not careful, I think it's very easy to walk away from that going, man, they were just going from one thing to the next. You know, like you're in an amusement park. All right, we got off that ride. Let's go to the next one, man. And God's going, I, I wonder where the faithful are. I wonder where those that, whether I do a miracle or not, I wonder where those are, whether I feed a multitude or not. They're just going to keep being faithful. They're just going to keep walking. They're just going to keep presenting themselves day by day by day. God is looking for stewards, and a steward is someone that is found faithful. Do I, be I believe, I believe with all my heart, I've, some of the things I said, I've said, maybe not exact quote, but I've said some things similar that Brother Hurt said in the last couple of weeks. 
not the will of God for all the miracles to take place inside these four walls. It's not the will of God that every person that gets healed gets healed inside this building, that every person we pray for gets healed here at this. That's not the will of God. In fact, I think the minority of miracles should take place here and the majority should take place out there. But the problem is this. You think God's going to invest that kind of power and authority into somebody that's not willing to be consistent and faithful no matter what's going on? Luke chapter 12 and verse number 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. Who who is it that the master is going to make in charge, give more authority, more responsibility? Who is it? It's the one that when he shows up, he finds them doing. It's not the ones that... When he shows up, they've been sitting there waiting, trying to see him coming so they can start doing. It's the one that is faithfully doing. I want to remind you or challenge, maybe depending on your circumstances. I'm going to read it here in a minute because Jesus talks about it some more in Luke. You, you better not miss the things that God is looking at in your life to judge your faithfulness with. I would venture to say there's some things in our lives that we think are so insignificant and minor, and we don't think, you know, uh, whatever, that God's going, hmm. Let me, see how you, let me see how you treat that. Let me see how well you take care of that. Let me see how invested you are in what may seem to be kind of minimal. I've told this several times now in different settings. I don't know if I've ever really quite told it in a public setting like this. I think I've told it in some leadership settings. But for seven years, my wife and I... and. My kids, we traveled around on Sunday mornings. Most of you know that. But we traveled around on Sunday mornings, congregation to congregation, ministering. And, and uh, so during that time, my, our role, my role was, was more focused on the, uh, we were still one congregation at that point, but it was focused on the broad uh, whole of Antioch, whereas now my focus is much more Antioch central. And during that season... <laughs> couple of folks are familiar with this here. We, we, we went through uh, some years of the wave and the tide report. And uh, those were two different reports that kind of came out every week about previous week ministry activities and things. But uh, you were, I, I don't remember a couple of you were daughter work leaders at that point. You can help me with this. Not that it's the most important point to the story, but... You, you were supposed to have your, your report in by Sunday afternoon every week, a couple of hours after service. And I watched something for years. I watched something for years. I watched that week after week after week, they're not the only, I'm about to call a name, and I'm not implying they were the only ones, so... But week after week after week, I watched Brother and Sister Simpson never fail, not only to get their report in, but to get it in on time. And then even above and beyond that, there were times that they would be out of town on vacation. And literally, out of town, on vacation, you could count on that report still getting in on time. Week after week after week. 
You see, some folks may look at Brother and Sister Simpson and the role that they're now in and maybe not understand that God watched some faithfulness that nobody else was aware of. Most didn't see, but God watched faithfulness. And, and it's the one that when the Lord comes, He finds Him doing. That's the one that the Lord's going to say, i got some more to give you. I've got some more responsibility. I've, I've got some more authority. Luke 16 and 10, Jesus says this, He that is faithful in that which everyone can see Him doing, Luke 16, 10. There we go. He that is faithful in that which everyone can see him doing. He that is faithful in that which can be published on Instagram. He that is faithful in doing that which is going to get him recognition from the pulpit. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust the true riches and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Paul says, I believe it's in Galatians, that, that the, the son who is an heir, even though he is an heir to everything that belongs to his father, is no different than the servant while he is under tutors and governors. That the son who is the heir to all that his father has is basically no different than the servant when he is young. Many of you others have lived through this already as well. There's a big difference between the first couple of times my kids started driving with their learner's permit versus now. <laughs> that first day, all of them had their, when they had each of them had their own first day of driving, there was not one of them that I have any sense of comfort in saying, hey, go ahead, I'll see you later. <laughs> each of them Actually, one of them has, I don't quite remember a moment, but the others all kind of had a moment that sticks out. Esther's was at uh, the corner of 2 and Forest Drive. I'll tell you, I'll do you like Bishop, too. I can take you to the spot. <laughs> when she didn't really, I guess, think the yield sign meant anything important and we just turned thankfully i was watching and it was all good nathaniel this is i i told brother hurt's son uh, a couple weeks ago i felt his pain when his dad was was it about cheating i think his dad was like man i know how you feel i've been there see i now do to my kids what was done to me that's poetic justice right Daniels, we got a 90-degree turn going into our neighborhood. Daniels first, he thought he was like a Indy 500. <laughs> Gonna, what, what do you call that? Not um, drifting. drifting, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Things have changed. I don't worry about them getting in their cars and driving off. I trust them to get in my car and drive off now. Why is it we think God is just going to give us the key when we haven't demonstrated faithfulness? When we haven't demonstrated, I'll take care of what I do have. 
You, you, you want God, you know, well, we want God to use us in these great ways. We want God to use us in the miraculous. What are you doing on a daily basis? What are you doing on a, what are you doing in between? What are you doing in between Sunday and Thursday? What's happening in between? Because it's the in-between gut times that I think God is watching more closely than He is the big moments that we have a tendency to focus on. Oh, hallelujah. If you can't be faithful in that which is least, how are you going to be faithful over that which is great? You can't take care of of the uh, seemingly small things that God invests into your care. How do you expect Him to give you something more significant and greater? Again, the, 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 the measurement, the test of that is coming in those in-between times. Jesus gets done saying some hard things and... And it wasn't, just the, it wasn't just the crowd that was leaving. There were those that were considered disciples that were leaving. Not the twelve, but there were disciples. Jesus looks at the twelve and says, Are you going to go also? They didn't like what he was saying. The, the excitement had waned. The, the sensational wasn't happening at that moment. And they didn't like what they were hearing. And he says, are, are you going also? And Peter speaks up. There's nowhere else to go, Lord. I, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump around here. Hopefully it's in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I shared yesterday on Realm. I preached at the... Church in uh, Imesville, CLC, last night. Very last-minute thing. Uh, wasn't really pre-planned. Happened Tuesday. It was scheduled. I preached there, and and uh, I know a couple of you watched. And I'm gonna re-preach that message. But I, I, I said something as a part of that message last night. For years. If you were going to be a church hopper, you had to do that physically. (laughs) Church hopping required you physically going to a different location. But what we've seen, and especially the past couple of months, you can now church hop in your pajamas with your coffee and your breakfast. You can find all kinds of options. Brother Hurt said he doesn't like Ford. I drove an expedition a couple years ago. was very happy with it. I'm okay with Ford. Got any GMC folks here? Chevrolet folks? Any, any Ford folks? What? Any people that you don't care? Okay, all right. Just give me what works. Yeah, Brother Bar said my pocketbook. <laughs> That's right. You see, when it when it comes to what you know what? Drive what you can afford. Pick what you like. When it comes to the body that you and I are supposed to be a part of, it's not about picking what appeals to me. It's not about finding the worship team that I like the best. It's not about finding the, 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 the uh, church that's got the mood that I like the best. It's, it's not about any of those things. It's about finding out, God, where, number one, God, where do you want me? And then number two, to the best of my ability, what is it that lines up best with your word, most with your word, not what appeals to me? And I'm just going to tell you, if all we do is keep trying to appeal to the sensational side, we might as well quit. Because somebody is always going to be better. I think we have... A great worship team at Antioch Central. I think we've got some anointed musicians and anointed singers. And I am 
very thankful. I'm very satisfied. I mean that in a very positive way. Very satisfied with them. And I say this, and I don't think any of them will take offense at this, but they're not the best musicians in the world. They're not the best singers in all of Christianity. They're not. And if we're not careful, we can start allowing things like that that appeal to our fleshly senses to cause us to make eternal decisions that are costly. Maybe I should have just preached that message from last night again, now that I'm... It's kind of... Oh, my goodness. Mm. Better be careful when people... I need to stick to the notes. Better be careful when people are flaunting their wonderful relationship with God when they are looking more and more and more like the rest of the world. Come out from among them and be ye separate, distinct, different. It amazes me how people become more and more like the world, but are becoming closer and closer to Jesus. Well, I'm in it, so I'm going to stay in it for a few more moments. Sorry if you listened or watched last night. You can go home. I may be, it may be the rest of the message. Isaac is a, Isaac, right? I am so, every time I call a biblical character now, I am so second-guessing myself. Because especially the one night, I think it was in the living room where I was, I think I said Moses and Lot instead of Abraham. So, so do me a favor. So anybody got my back? Okay, don't just sit there and nod. Doesn't he know that was Noah, not Isaac is about to die. I'm pretty sure it was Isaac. <laughs> His mother gets wind of it. We always talk about Jacob being the supplanter. Anybody ever pay attention to the story? It was his mother that put him up to the whole thing. <laughs> talk about some dysfunctional families. My word. So, so she says to Jacob, your father's about to die. He's about to give Esau the blessing. You need to go in and get it. He says, I, I can't. My father knows the difference between my brother and me. And so she helps him and puts skins on his arms because Esau is hairy and, and Jacob was not. And, and so Jacob goes in to Isaac and he says to his father, I'm, I'm here for the blessing. And Isaac, Isaac says, that voice is the voice of Jacob. Come here, come, come closer. Let me feel you. And so he says, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but it feels like Esau. And he was certain the voice was Jacob's, but he decided to go by the feeling. And if there's ever been a day and time in which the enemy is appealing to our feeling and trying to get us to make decisions based on feeling rather than what the voice says, we are in that day. And if there's ever been a time in which there were more options appealing to the feeling than the voice, it's today. And you and I better be careful that we don't let a good feeling, that we don't let a few goosebumps, we don't let a few emotions cause us to make a decision that's the wrong decision. Jesus did not say, my sheep, no, my feeling. No, no, no. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know who I heard it from first and I'm not saying I hear it all the time, but you know, we, we talk about having goosebumps and then when there was a really, really powerful experience, somebody had goosebumps on their goosebumps. I mean, that was, that's like when it's really good. 
Goosebumps are one thing, but goosebumps on your goosebumps, that is a whole nother level, man. <laughs> Whoa, I, I had, Bob, God was there. How do you know? I had goosebumps. Yeah, did you notice you were sitting under the AC? Not sure if you noticed, the same time that loud noise started was the same time you felt your goosebumps. There is no place where we're ever supposed to make our decisions, and especially when it comes to what we stand upon and what we believe in based upon a feeling. It's based on the voice. And the voice is based on the word. And heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word is never going to pass away. I had no intent of getting on this tonight, I promise, but I'm on it. And I think there's somebody either in this room or somebody watching tonight. You need to hear me right now. Because if you're not careful, you're going to start looking around and seeing options that feel... feel right boy it feels the same they do the same years ago i think some of what we do in our worship and the way we act was was it wasn't as common but nowadays it's much more common lifting your hands in church is not uncommon dancing is not uncommon demonstrative worship is not uncommon And that's not what we judge by. We don't judge by the good lyrics of a song. We judge by the voice. How does it match up to the voice? And let me not purposefully, but tie back into what I've already been ministering here this evening. God's looking for people that are willing to simply walk faithfully based on the voice. Man that is found faithful, not a man that's looking for the easy route. Not a man, and I mean man, not gender, I mean that mankind. A person. Not a person that's trying to find the, the lowest level. But ever I, I I think maybe it was a uh I don't know if it was I don't think it was Geico, but it was some kind of I think an insurance commercial was playing several months ago, some this doctor walks in. This lady, I think, is laying on the bed. She's waiting for surgery. The nurse is in there, and she says to the doctor, you know, what, what do you think about him? Eh, he's okay. Wait a minute. I'm about to go under the knife with him, and he's okay. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing you would never trust your physical well-being into the hands of somebody that was, eh, okay. But you'll trust your soul into the hands of somebody that's willing to just try to tell you what it is you want to hear? Paul said, I'm not trying to sound ignorant or whatever else, but I read some of the stuff in Revelation, some of the stuff in Daniel and Ezekiel, and I'm like, woo. And then I hear some people try to explain it all. And I'm like, whoo. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I read what Peter said, or what, excuse me, what Paul told Timothy, and I don't go, whoo. I go, hmm. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And he gives a list of things of the last days, the perilous times. And you don't need any gift of interpretation. Traitor, heady, high-minded, unthankful, disobedient to parents, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, having a form of godliness, having an outward form. We go to church, we do certain religious things, but denying the power thereof. Because when you've got the power on the inside and it is genuinely working the way it's supposed to work, it is going to manifest itself in all kinds of outward ways as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a sad thing. That's good. That's good. Man, I don't, I, uh, 
surely it's the Lord and I'm not just wandering. <laughs> it's a really sad thing when believers spend more time arguing against the Word than they do for the Word. It's a sad thing when believers spend more time debating why it's okay to fit into the world than it is looking at the principles of the world that's supposed to say, that say you're supposed to be separate from the world. <laughs> Having a form, but denying the power thereof. Paul says, from such, turn away. Why? Because it's a really slippery slope. He goes on to say, as Janies and Jambres withstood Moses. I, I, I preach this. I know you've heard it before. I'm sorry. Moses walks in there with his rod. He throws it down. I think Moses walked in there that day. Was, he was seriously confident. You just wait. Wait till I show Pharaoh what I can do. Throws his rod down, turns into a serpent, and Pharaoh was not the least bit impressed. In fact, calls his magicians over, and they do the exact same thing. They do the exact same thing. The fact that Moses' rod turned into a serpent and the magician's rods turned into a serpent was not demonstration of the fact they were sent by the same one. Which is the reason why Moses didn't join forces with them. Better be careful what it is that's masquerading as an angel of light in your life. Better be careful that, that, that the, the ways in which the enemy tries to sneak in undetected. The devil doesn't show up like Brother Lewis down on the highway with the Jesus sign. He doesn't show up with the big banner devil here. Do that. Looking for every sneaky sly way to maneuver himself in. Seventy-one times in the Psalms, three times in Habakkuk, the word Selah is found. It comes from the Hebrew word Shelah, which means rest. The word Selah, find it in the Psalms, and I've, all my life I've heard somebody that's preacher reading, and they read the word Selah, and almost without fail they'll say, Selah, that means pause and think about it. Don't mean pause and think about it. Is it okay to pause and think about it? Sure. But that's not what it means. It is a music mark denoting a pause during which the singers ceased to sing and only the instruments were heard. What are the psalms? Songs. Selah is not just, hey, that's a really good thing that was said. Stop and think about it. No, it's a pause. Years ago, I forget what the movie was, but something musically based, and the statement was made in there, you have to learn to play the pause. I've told this times before, but in my years of leading chapel and leading worship, most of the time it was a cappella. And, and there's some songs that the way we do them in church, you get to the last word of that song, and then there's a good bit of music. And then the chorus starts again. I try. I didn't succeed, but I tried not to pick those kinds of songs. Because you get to that last line, there's no music. But in my head, all I can hear is the music. And I can't start singing until the music gets to the right point. It's one thing when the music is playing and everybody knows he's not singing because we're waiting on the notes. another thing when there's no music and he's not singing and you don't know what we're waiting on. 
but it's it's the way it goes. It's it's the way where you it's a purposeful part of it. You better learn to play the pause. You better learn that when God says it's not time to just jump from mountaintop to mountaintop. There's some things that I have purposefully designed into your journey. There are some there are some things I have purposefully put that they may seem like a pause that you can just jump over. But I didn't put it there by mistake. I didn't put it there randomly. I put it there for a purpose, and it's in those moments, it's not in the moments of hype and excitement where you demonstrate your faithfulness. It's in those in-between times when there's not the feeling and there's not the excitement and there's not all kinds of things happening to keep your attention glued, and yet in the midst of that, you're found faithful. Live in a world of adventure seekers. I haven't referenced in a while because things have gotten more back to normal. I haven't done it as much, but spent a little bit of time here and there, especially during quarantine, watching Red Bull TV. Everybody's looking for the next. We're not careful. We can bring the same mentality into the church. next thing come on crank up the music crank up the germs i i've said it before one of the things i like about what we do a lot of times on thursday nights we don't have the whole worship team we don't have all the instruments it's usually somebody on the keyboard and one or two people singing because it reminds us it's not about all the fluff not that there's anything wrong with all the music and all there's nothing absolutely nothing wrong with it but it's not all about that it's not about the program It's not about the performance. It's not about just trying to manufacture hype. It's about learning to be faithful. I've made it all the way to this point tonight. Much better. Sister Gross, if you're watching, Sister Gross sent me a very kind note last week after some of my self-disparaging remarks. But you know what? Once again, tonight, I find myself constantly battling in my mind and my spirit. Boy, Brother Hurt was here. Think of where we'd be right now. Think of what we'd be doing. Brother Hurt was here. Brother Hurt was here. Again, thank God for Brother Hurt and everybody else like him and everybody else that, and everything God's going to do through him. Thank God. But at the same time, we've got to make sure we never stop learning to simply walk faithfully, step by step by step, day by day by day. And if we can make it in the in-between times, we're going to see the high times. If we can make it in the in-between times, we're going to experience the great times. If we can make it through the in-between times, there are some things that are going to be invested in us that we have the authority to use and operate in. But it's the in-between times that God is most concerned about. Those moments when the crowd left and the multitudes went back to life and it was just Jesus and the twelve. No more hype of the crowd. No miracles. Not, any, not anything entertaining. But just just Him and them and the scripture tells us it was in it wasn't in the big moments where things were said that everybody understood and got all kinds of revelatory things from Jesus it was in those in between times where it was just Jesus and the disciples just Jesus and a couple of the disciples everybody else had gone back to life gone back to business there were some guys that knew what it meant to be found faithful. 
not to follow just simply the next sensational moment that's going to come. I, I, don't think, I don't think the disciples were necessarily sitting there on the edge of their seat all the time. All right, what's he going to do now? I think they got past that. I think they got to the point, you know what? It's not about what's he going to do next. It's just about the fact we're with him. It's not about the fact that he's going to do another miracle today. It's simply about the fact that, guess what? I get to be with him again today. Go back to the book of Acts and all those in-between times for them. What were they doing in the in-between times? Oh, they were just continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking bread from house to house and to the temple daily. That, that's what they were doing in the in-between times. In the in-between times, they were connecting with each other. In the in-between times, they were ministering to one another. In the in-between times, they were in a place of prayer. It didn't have to be in the middle of the day when everybody could see. It could just be a few of them gathered together in a house someplace. Let's pray. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you again for all that you're doing, all that you've been doing, and all that you are going to do. God, I also know that it is very possible for us to put our focus on some things and make certain things of more importance that are not the real factors that we measure by. So I'm asking you, God, to help us. I, I pray that in each one of our lives and to this congregation as a whole, that you would bring a balance to us, God. We, we, we want those exciting times. We want those moments of high emotion and high excitement where you're moving and working. But we also want to know what it means to just walk faithfully. We want to know what it's like in those in-between times where... There's not a miracle, there's not a great word, there's not a great work that we can see, and yet we are stewards who are taking care of what's been invested in our lives. We are caring for what you have entrusted to us, and we are being found faithful. God, I pray for every person that's in this sanctuary tonight, every person that may be watching. God, let us learn to develop faithfulness let us learn to develop in our walk with you in our ministries true faithfulness not where we have sort of stops and starts we 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 go for it one moment and the next moment we're distracted and we're off doing something else but where we will have faithfulness to continually, consistently pursue what you have, what you want to do in and through us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I realize that Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock is not a norm, and, uh, but I'm encouraging you, please do what you can. Come be a part of our time of worship and celebration and getting a chance to see our brothers and sisters, many of them we haven't seen for months. What a great opportunity, so I encourage you to be here. God bless you.